All right. So this morning, uh, I'm, I'm very excited because we're going to try something a little bit unique uh, for, uh, for, the, for the message section here, I guess. I'm not sure that's how it's all going to work. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. But I'm excited uh, to have Alexander Perez uh, here this morning. Um, and, and he's going to come up and, and talk in a little bit. Uh, but before we do that, I just wanted to, uh, to open with a passage of Scripture that uh, as, as Alex and I were talking and as we were preparing for this, um, this, this came to mind. Uh, and if you want to turn with me, uh, it's found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. And it's a parable that Jesus tells. Uh, and many of you may have heard this parable f- before, so it might not be... Uh, might not be new to you, uh, but, it, but it's an interesting parable. It's, it's found in Matthew chapter 25, verse 14 to 30. Uh, and and in, my, in my version, it's called the parable of the bags of gold. Uh, I, the, when I first read it, I, I remember it being called the parable of the talents. How many of you have, have heard this parable before just by a show of hands? You've, you've read it. Um, so basically, in, in the parable of the talents, we have a man, a, a wealthy man, uh, who leaves uh, to go off. And, and, and he leaves money with his servants. So, uh, so he calls his servants and, and, he, and he entrusts them with wealth. And to each of them he gives something, right? If you, if you read the parable, I'm not going to go through it. We don't have a whole pile of time. Um, but he gives to one, to one servant, he gives five talents. And to another servant, he gives two talents. And, and to one, he gives one. And, and basically what ends up happening is... Uh, the one whom he gave five, he, he multiplies it. He uses it and, and he multiplies it. The one whom he gave two, he uses it and he multiplies it. And the one whom he, who, he, who he gives just one talent, he buries it and he hides it. And, and, and it says, um, uh, here, here's what happened. I'll just, ta- I'll just talk about the one uh, who j- just received one. It says, uh, Then the man who had received one bag of gold came, and master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. So he gives that one talent of gold back. And, and his master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gathered, uh, gather where I have not scattered seed. Uh, well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have at least received back some interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags for whoever will be given more uh, and for whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a it's a rough ending, for that for that uh, one servant, right? It's it's an interesting parable, uh, because it it kind of seems a little strange at first, because it, to me, I when I you know the first time I remember reading this parable, I thought like what what's so bad about that? Like why would it be so bad that he buried the money and gave it back? You know he was safe, safekeeping. He did the safe thing. He didn't want to risk losing the money. He didn't, so he hid it, right? But he was the one who was reprimanded. There are a couple of things that we can learn from the parable of the talents. And, and perhaps you'll see a little later on how this applies uh, to, to what we're going to be talking about this morning. Um, but if you, if you look at it first, the parable, it teaches us 
that success is a product of our work, right? Uh, so what that we were put on this earth for a purpose, to work. God, from the very, very beginning, created us for work. There's a, a whole series that my friend Jason has done in his church where this is an issue, a big issue, uh, of viewing work as worship. Work is worship. That, that is, it is part of how we were designed. So there, there's that, that element that, that we can find in this parable. Um, and it, it's interesting, uh, also, the, the parable teaches us uh, that uh, God always gives us everything that we need. Uh, and and it's, it, because if you look at the parable, you see that uh, it's the, it seems unfair, right? One, one guy gets five, one guy gets two, and one guy gets one. Uh, that doesn't seem like the equality that we have. And yet, uh, the, it says in Matthew chapter 25 that he gave to each of them as they needed, as they were I'm not exactly sure what the, what the term is, but as, as they were uh, talented for, right? Uh, so we will always get as much as God uh, needs for us to have. Um, and then the parable of the talent teaches us um, that our mission, our work, centers on Jesus Christ. The talents that we've been given are not for our own selfish purposes, right? The talents that were given were for the glory of the master. They weren't for the glory of the servant, and then finally, the parable of the talents shows, shows us that we will be held accountable. That there is a time when God will ask us, what have you done with what I have given to you? What have you done? So just keep that in mind uh, a little bit as we, as we share this morning, as, as I talk with Alex, uh, a little bit about BCE and, and what that looks like. Um, and so uh, before, before that, I just want to give you a little introduction. Um, I met Alex at Steinbeck Bible College. Um, he was uh, the... I thought he was a crazy Mexican. Turned out he was Belizean. Um, but so I, I had heard I had heard rumors of this guy, who uh, who he would bite people. Apparently, this is this was true. He would he would newcomers he would sneak up on them and he would bite them. And I was always whenever Alex was around, I was always like a little bit, right, a little bit afraid. And so you know you wonder like what what is God gonna do? with a crazy Belizean who bites people. Like, how could he possibly use, use this? I'm getting back at him a little bit because on Wednesday at youth, he was poking fun at me. So, <laughs> but we, we met there, and uh, we both uh, share something in common. Uh, Steinbeck Bible College uh, granted us uh, ministry training and also wives. So he met his lovely wife. <laughs> he met his lovely wife, Leah, there. Um, and they together are, uh, are working in Belize uh, with a ministry called Belize camping experience. Um, he had a dream to reach his home country, and so he started this ministry. Um, and as it turns out, uh, we had this awesome opportunity as the senior youth to head out to Belize this last summer, and we connected with uh, Alexander and Leah and the Belize camping experience. Um, and so when I heard that he was coming to Manitoba, I, I had to have him come here and tell you guys a little bit more about this ministry, a little bit more about what they are doing in Belize, in the city of Belize, and how they are, uh, you know, helping Belize change Belize. And I'm going to let Alex talk a little bit more about that, so I'm going to invite him up. Um, and as he's coming up, I'm just going to get the guys in the back to, to run a little promo video for you so that you can get a little taste of what Belize Camping Experience is all about.
have it. A little, a little look, a little glimpse into Alex's world. Um, so, Alex, I'm just going to let you uh, talk a little bit, introduce yourself a bit. Buenos dias. Good morning. You can speak real, right? <laughs> well, Jerry was in Belize, and I just found out that Blaine and Melissa's parents are here. And, you know, I show up at their door, and I really didn't know that they were here. Like, it's been a while that I haven't been around here, so... But God is good. God is so good, guys. And I am so encouraged to see my people reaching their own people in my country. And that is what, what is all about. You know, one of the things, you know, when, when I say this, I just want to give thanks to this church for sending some of your best quality young people to my country to bless my people. A lot of times missionary groups come and they just want to build stuff and they just want to stay in one place but this group had a specific mission, and the mission was to move around in the country to empower the people that are doing ministry there in Belize. Your group came for one day, one day, Ethan, you guys came. And during that one day, they made such a powerful impact in our young people that we had 14, 14 young people are out there that committed themselves for two to three months to work fully reaching their own people. One of my highlights was, man, we work our young people so hard. But we fed them well and we built them spiritually. But I remember when the young people were living back to their homes. Uh, you're talking the same age group. And they were walking out of the, out of the base with wristband, a book, and I remember this young lady wearing a t-shirt that says Canada, right? And it's like, where's your Belize Camping Experience t-shirt? But they were wearing and taking these gifts that you guys brought. And we found out that one of the biggest impacts, there was three impacts that happened this summer, and one of them was the young people that came from Manitoba to empower and to encourage them. It was a hard summer, a difficult summer this summer, where we experience things that we have never experienced with our own people. But to know that there was people praying and believing in us, we finished well. And I just want to say to this church, thank you for blessing my people. Thank you. Thank you, Alex. And we were, we were certainly very, very blessed. Uh, I'm getting all emotional just <laughs> thinking about it. But to be able to, to, to be a part of that, to allow God to use us and... Uh, and, and, to, and to encourage uh, those people because we love to see uh, what they're doing. Uh, so tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about how BCE started and, and uh, maybe a little bit about uh, where that vision came from and then, and then what you guys are doing in Belize. By the way, is Marshall here? Amir says, hello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Mike pick on me too. I gotta pick on him. <laughs> Coming from Belize, coming to, from a, a Spanish culture, coming into SPC, and not having hot sauce, I kind of suffered the first few days. <laughs> but I remember when this man came, and I have never seen this much, but he was wearing skinny jeans, like, you know, very tight. <laughs> and I look at him and I say, how in the world are you going to use this man? In the context of my, of my understanding, in my people, you, you don't dress like that, you know, you dress. But, uh, and, and, you know, and he, he got into worship, and 
long story short, uh, you know, yesterday someone asked me, why do you come back to these places? I come to the people that I met 10 years ago. I don't live here. But when I come to visit Mike, Scott, I was way up in Bar Ar Arburg, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's young people that we studied together in SPC so that we can do God's work. And I remember seeing Jesse. Is Jesse still funny when he's not funny? <laughs> and to see these men that God has equipped in Canada to, to do God's work, for me, that brings such an encouragement, guys. Because it's hard to find young men in my country to want to do this. How it all started. I came to SBC to become a pastor. But I started studying the life of a pastor. And Pastor Byrne, I have a lot of respect for you. <laughs> I take my hat for you. When I look in the life of a pastor, I just couldn't do that. I saw what my pastors go in Belize. Some of them don't get paid. Uh, the, the offering is not enough to look after them. And, and for a person to be committed to look after the sheep, and when one goes astray, he is going to be responsible. And I said, no, 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 I'm not doing that. Because in Belize, there are a lot of crazy people. <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for them, but I want to help the pastor. And when I was in SPC, I realized that God hasn't called me to be a pastor. And uh, there was a farmer, farmer, how many are farmers here? Yeah, um, I, I was um, a farmer in um, Palm Coulee in the middle of nowhere, took me for three years, and um, I remember living with this farmer family, and I wanted to make some money because um, I always had money in my pocket growing up, and this farmer said, nope, you came to study to be a pastor so, or in ministry, so you're going to go to Winkler Bible Camp, and I was not very happy with him, but I went. And I did two summers in Winkler Bible Camp, and I noticed something else there. How God uses uh, a ministry there to reach your kids and having an empowerment in your, in your young people. And I said to myself, huh, that's pretty cool. And as, as the uh, year was unfolding on my last year, I felt that God was calling me to reach the children of Belize. And how did that look like? I did not know because young men in Belize do not work with children. That's a lady's job. But God was calling me. And that's where it started, being obedient to that calling. Awesome. So uh, just so you guys all know, Belize Camping Experience, what they do is they go into the city and they, uh, and they put on camps, uh, day camps throughout the summer. This last summer you did eight weeks, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of different camps, uh, and then they come back uh, to the base and they have a core team of leaders that they're trying to disciple and, and train up. And, and so that's kind of what their, uh, what their ministry is all about. And then uh, throughout the year, they continue to follow up. They go back to the schools and they follow up with the kids to try and reach them with the gospel, to try and change beliefs through the power of Christ. Um, and so uh, how have you seen God at work uh, in the lives of the kids that you're, that you're ministering to? You know, there's 10,000 children that get follow-up through the whole year in my country. And how does that impact my country? Uh, just this morning, Jerry asked me, a little kid named Siran, 
this kid, Siran, was a leader. It's a leader. I can't find him. I don't know where he is. I really been looking for him. I don't know if someone took him to the U.S. or he's in prison. I don't know where Siran is. How does it make an impact to us? There are places in Belize City where you cannot go. But by reaching the kids, you can enter into these places and also making sure that these kids can remain in the church so that they can be disciples of Jesus Christ. One of the impact that this making in our country is that we have lost hope. We have lost hope in that generation that is coming because of the alcoholism, the drugs, the gangs, and a lot of broken homes. And so when we go into these communities with our young people to do this follow-up continually, uh, people think we're crazy. But just over the last four years, we realize that the churches are realizing that, that, we, that we are right that we actually can change our country and our communities by reaching the kids and bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just like my brother, was, uh, what's that ministry in Winnipeg? That Robin Christian, simple. We, don't need, we, don't, we do not need to try to change uh, the whole country, but if we can look after the little kids, we can enter into the homes where many churches cannot enter. And I can tell you a little story. And this happened this summer. I didn't tell you guys, but this summer something radical happened. Right after, in the middle of our summer, uh, there was a young man, like all the kids accept Jesus Christ, you know. And it's easy for us to go into these communities because that's where we work through the year, right? But this kid came, and this young man came, and uh, every kid accept Jesus Christ as their personal savior. And I remember talking on the news, and, uh, and someone called me to watch the news. And one of our campers, one of our kids we follow up got shot five times this summer. And that shakes you. How do you write that on a newsletter, right? How do, how do we do that? It's very difficult. But we went to see that kid. And the five shots that he got shot went through not damaging nothing on his body. They went like Jesus when they stabbed him on the cross. And we sat down with him. And Jonathan says, are you okay? Yes, Mr. Jonathan. I accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. But I am scared. I am really scared. I said, you know that Jesus Christ has a plan for your life. Yes, sir. I know that. And his mom goes, yeah, I told him. I told him. I told him that Jesus Christ has a plan for him. How do you put that in a newsletter? Right? So we have a lot of these things happening in our country. And we believe that the best people to reach our people is our people to go in there. So you have a lot of these testimonies where I, I, I am I'm Spanish. And, you know, when you start doing this in your own community, people start seeing Jesus walking with you. The other big fruit is the young people. We have never seen the tsunami of young people that are coming, going back to their churches after three months and getting involved in ministry in their home churches. That doesn't happen in Belize because the pastor picks the offering, he does worship, he does everything. He does the outreach. And we realize that over nine years of reaching the kids, the young people are giving more fruit right now than our little babies, our little kids. And so that's the impact that God is doing in our country, and it's kind of contagious when Belize can have missionaries in our own country to reach that. You don't see that in Belize. Missionaries are white people that come from North America to reach our people.
And how can we turn that? How can we do that? By you empowering us, believing in us that we can do it. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, and uh, so then, along with that, um, how, how have you seen God at work, um, perhaps in other areas of, of the ministries of, of BCE? Oh, yeah, you're talking about the whole, you know, reaching kids. My brother was saying um, uh, they just got a van. I mean, ministry doesn't run in water either, right? You got you to gotta raise support. But I believe that my people need to invest in it. I really believe that with all my heart. But man, showing back to my country with this crazy vision, they thought I came with bag of money bags from North America. Literally, I remember showing to my, to my churches and my brothers, and I came walking and with a bicycle, and the first thing they look at, I say, where's your car? Uh, where, where's the missionaries? Right here. <laughs> and it was just an, uh, a not very good accept context for you to empower your people and say, you know what, you can support this mission. So, man, me and my wife, I, I, my, my wife is, is amazing. We started with nothing, guys. We started selling barbecues, little arts and crafts, and trying to get the Belizeans to support. It went seven years, just throwing the towel every year. I throw it, my, my wife pick it up, my wife throw it, I pick it up. And, and the breakthrough came that we were preaching this to our people that they need to invest, and one day they got it. You remember that project? Um, you hear a house raffle that we did? Um, I think Mike shared it a few weeks ago. Uh, that, was, that was something very fit, God-wrenching for us to build a house, to um, borrow or lend the money so that we can raffle the house and bring income. But one of the things that God did, uh, it was crazy. You know, I, I've, I love farmers. And living with a farmer, I saw how much this farmer loved his farm. But I also saw something with this farmer that he loving the farm, that's the way he expressed himself. And he used his farm to bless God's work. This man, this man that took me, supports 17 missionaries all across the world. It was just like four years ago, he bought himself a nice truck. And I realized that this man, God has given him something so that he can bless the church. So I went with that concept in Belize. I said, man, they have a lot of farmers and they have, lot, they have business people in my country. How can we get them behind? And long story short, we started a project named Harvest for Kids where we asked the farmers to give land and we raised the funds to do a crop. And you know where it started, guys? Have you heard of that community named Shipyard? He started right with the old colony Mennonites of Belize. When this went on the news, people were shut down, even the government. The question was, how in the world can you get a bunch of religious, I don't know if they're Belizeans, that's it. get them involved because they care. Shipyard cares for our kids. It was really a God thing. And Belize farmers are not as big as the farmers here. The biggest farmer in Belize has 700 acres. A lot of farmers have 100 acres. We're getting 40 acres. Uh, last year, we, plant, we were planting 95 acres of crop in my country. 
for our people. My farmers sacrificing their fields because they believe in the vision to reach the kids of Belize. Hurricane came twice. This summer, as I visiting, when I went back to my country, I was in a sabbatical. A lot of farmers are in the edge of bankruptcy. That was from last year. And I want to share a story. I don't want to finish with this story because I have another story here, but I think this story will remind us of what the talents are and what you have. We went from 85 acres to having just 20 acres of crops. That harvest is what sustained the Belize camping experience, the follow-ups and the camps. It comes from my country. And this time we didn't have finances. As one of the farmers look on his fields and he sees his rice fields flooded with water and he's one of the main supporters, he says, I am hurt because this ministry doesn't have the funds to do the ministry. And he looked on his neighbor's yard, right? And his neighbor has like 50 cows. But guess what happened when all that rain comes in Belize? The grass does not, doesn't stop growing. It just keeps growing. Guess what happened to the cattle farmers? Man, they start looking good. And it was there my people said, you know what? Our cattle farmers don't understand what they have and how they can be a part of God's kingdom by they giving a cattle. They started cattle for kids. And they challenged the cattle farmers in my district, in that district of Orange Rock, to give one cattle. They were nervous because this is never done in, in, in Belize. And when you have 50 cattle and they ask you for one, uh, they're asking you for the inheritance of your kids. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. But, and one of the guys who put skin into it, one of our guys put skin into it, and he's one of our board members. He gave two cattles, and he said, you know what? If no one give, there's two cattles, and they were going to do an action. You have to understand that I was not there when this is happening in Belize, right? The ones that are giving towards are the ones that have a little bit more than the poor that we are reaching. And on the day of that cattle for kids that happened, you couldn't believe it, guys. I just heard these stories a month ago. The cattle farmers give some of their finest cattle to be action. You know how many cattle were given in Belize? Make a guess. 16. One horse. Dogs. Rabbits. Baby chicks. And they were able to raise that money so that we can do God's work. Using the people that God has given them in a way that they believe that they can actually make an impact. A cattle farmer, never been heard of. There's so many stories, guys. But what encourages me more is to see my people believing in that vision and being a part of it. How can you do that in your community? There's so much funds that we can raise in Belize because we are a poor country, but we are not exempted. You know why I'm here for? You guys, you, you guys understand what I'm here for? I, I didn't come to visit Mike and this church. 
This was not my mission. My mission was to go in half tongue, half stadt. <laughs> I can't say it. So Hauptstadt, yeah, Hauptstadt. In the middle of a French community, last year it started, the matching started in Manitoba, Canada, in a French community. Some farmers came to Belize, and they said this sacrifice that my people are doing. And their hearts were heavy and says, you know what? To see your people reaching your own people is incredible. We want to match those crops. Can we match it? Go ahead. If God is putting that in your heart, go ahead. Guys, I have not come here, Pastor. I have not. I just came to give thanks. Because they believe. Because my people believe. They believe that they can empower our people to continue doing that. And that's what this youth group did. I really don't know this community, but my encouragement is to not be scared. Do not hide those talents. Use them for God. In my, own, in my whole imagination, my people have never seen our people getting involved like that. That at the end of this story, in Luke 14, 13, it says, well done, faithful servant. Well done, faithful servant. That's how we all need to be ended at the end. of. doesn't matter how poor you are. When I meet my Savior, that's what I want to hear. That he is going to say, well done, faithful servant. You have given everything. Everything. Because you believe in me. I want you to watch this video. And this is crazy stuff that is happening in Belize. Yeah. You want to explain it? Yeah, so uh, there's, um, again, uh, along, the same, uh, along the same lines, uh, just if you guys want to queue up the, the Rice for Kids uh, video, it's, it's a, again, another company that's uh, decided that they, that they aren't ashamed to put the gospel of Christ onto a bag of rice and, uh, and, and sell this, and, and they're uh, giving proceeds uh, from the rice that they sell to Belize Camping Experience, and it's just, I don't know, Alex, you can uh, maybe give them a little bit of an idea of how that's going. Watch the video first. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What if a bag of rice was more than just a bag of rice? What if a bag of rice could feed more than just our hunger, but fed our country's souls? What if a bag of rice did more than just support our farmers, but an organization who wants to see Belize change beliefs with the love of Jesus Christ? What if it could give our farmers the chance to show Belize that we care about our people? Circle Our Products stands with Belize Camping Experience by donating proceeds from our bags of kids' premium rice. Will you stand with us? I asked uh, Michael this question this morning, which I've never, I heard this story a lot of times. We read it, and I asked him the question, have we ever asked ourselves that we know that that person has talents that God has given to him, but 
Instead of encourage him, we just judge him. He buys himself a bigger house, a new truck, more land, a yacht, a beachfront property. But he doesn't get involved in God's kingdom because he doesn't get it. But have you ever thought that you can be that person that God is calling to, that come along him and says, you know what? God has given you something. And this is what happened with this bag of rice, is that my people got challenged because they are business owners of Christian, Christian owners. Some are Christians and some are non-Christian. When that bag got branded with a Christian logo, it was easy for as businessmen in Belize to say, they're Christians, uh, but we run business. No, he said, you know what? The, the CEO of the company says, God's business no, my business is God's business. And I didn't understand that. But this man was challenged. And when he brought that to the, to the co-op, some people said, no, 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 no. Some of the co-op said, no, you cannot brand that rice because not every Christian will buy that rice. But we understood. It was not about them. It was how we can get the whole country of Belize behind of the vision to see Belize changing Belize. We wanted everyone in Belize to be a part of that vision so that when they write, buy that rice, a commission of that goes to the vision of what God has called us in Belize. But how when the manager of that company says, let's put a Bible verse in that bag of rice. Oh, that freaks out every Christian and every non-Christian. <laughs> they wrestle. They wrestle for six months. Guess what happened? If you buy that bag of rice in Belize, Ethan, it says, let the little children come to me. For such is the kingdom of God. Amazing. There's another company that's coming behind. I have never seen that in Belize. And I long to see that here in, in your community. I drive, there's businesses. Do that, guys. There's so many needs around your community. Ron and Krista. I take my heart for you. Taking those people in your house. It's a lot of broken hearts and a lot of craziness happening here in Canada too. Not just in Belize. My encouragement is, in, 20, in verse 23 it says, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things and I put you in charge of many things. Thank you yes. for coming to Belize and, and for, for the support that you guys have shown us. Amen. Thank you.